calling out to the Atascacita community. It's time for your Atascacita Library advanced copy. Get your notes and news now. Hello, Atascacita community. It is September 19th, 2020. Continuing our celebration of Hispanic Heritage Month, we are very fortunate to have Judge Lena Hidalgo and Commissioner Adrian Garcia as guest readers for Tell Me a Tale Tuesday, September 29th at 4.15. We will be reading stories written by Hispanic authors at that virtual story time. Registration is required through our events calendar at www.hcpl.net. You will receive an email with the team's live link the day of the program. Join us for this special Tell Me a Tale Tuesday, September 29th at 4.15. As part of our program for Gulf Coast Reads in October, Dr. Daniel Arbino from UT Austin will discuss Mayan culture and artifacts. The presentation will be available through our social media, and here's an excerpt of that program. We're going to try to cover 500 years of history in that time using uh, materials that are in the Nettie Lee Benton Latin American collections, our holdings. Trying to cover that much in such a little amount of time, there are a few things that I want to stress. One, a lot of these items are going to be from a very Eurocentric point of view. I desperately implore you to find indigenous texts that share other perspectives. I think that this is extremely important when we're talking about this amount of history as it affects indigenous groups. Uh, we're going to be focusing specifically on the Maya in conjunction with the fact that you have read Gods of Jade and Shadow. I, I'm trying to give you a, a bit of a background about the Maya and, and who they were and uh, who, they, who they are uh, still today in hopes that it further facilitates your reading. If you want to learn more about Gulf Coast Reads, go to gulfcoastreads.org. Do you have a favorite childhood book? Staff at Atascacita Library do too. Earlier this week, they took a little bit of time to discuss some of their favorite childhood books. Hi everyone, today we've got a very cool discussion going on. We are going to be talking about our childhood favorite books. Books that we read when we were kids um, that we just absolutely loved. I'm Marissa. I'm PJ. I'm Kimberly. I'm Darla. And we're going to go ahead and just jump right in. I'll go ahead and start. I've got two. <laughs> so both of these books are ones that I remember uh, pretty fondly. The first one that I want to just briefly go over <laughs> is a book called Slugs by David Greenberg. This book is very creepy. When I looked this book up for this discussion, I showed Kimberly what it looked like. And let me just tell you guys, I don't understand why I really liked this book. Um, I remember getting it from my mom and with the book came an actual slug, like it was a plushie that you can have that came with the book and it was just, just this brown slug looking plush doll that I just went to sleep with day and night. 
I don't know why. I really want to see a picture of this slug with you sleeping yeah. with it. Oh gosh, I probably do. I need to ask my mom. Um, it's disturbing. It the is images very disturbing. are very disturbing. And when I looked it up, to just because I just remember it was pictures of slugs, and I just loved it because it was like slugs at the beach or slugs like at school, and I was like, oh, maybe it's just a really cute book that I loved about slugs, them doing slug things. No, it's actually a horror poem written by David Greenberg. And so, in the book, you're, it, it's people, you know, it's a poem, so it's supposed to be meant to be silly and stuff. In the poem, people are eating slugs, and they're putting them in their dishes. And I was like, well, I couldn't fathom why I really liked. Was your mom trying to tell you something? No, I think I, so see, I think I picked this book out, like, all on my own. I doubt she gave it to me, because, you know, like, <laughs> it's a creepy book. I was going to say, I was like, like, your mom was bold. Yeah. That's like foreshadowing your love of science I here. Know. Like, this is a book about slugs. Uh, and horror, because I love horror movies, so. And plushies. It came with a plushie. Uh, yeah. The thing I keep thinking about, you said the slug goes to the beach. I'm like, is it a salty beach? Because we know what happens <laughs> to slugs if they go to the beach. Yeah. are doing to the slugs is terrible, right? Like, they're eating them, and they're just treating them really bad. At the very end of the book, the slugs come in the middle of the night and, and turn you inside out. Because... Oh! <laughs> so when I read it, finally, for this discussion, I was like, oh my gosh, why did I like this book so much? Whatever. How old were you? Uh, I'd be like, it was first grade, so I'd be six. Six or seven. That's bold. Yeah. That's pretty know. dark. I feel like my mom scary? would never give me no, that. No, actually, like, uh, 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 interlibrary loan because it's a book from the eighties, so it's uh, not in the catalog. But it was a Halloween <laughs> section of yes. the creepy stuff. It'd be a good Halloween um, <laughs> story. Dress up as a slug. The next book that is kind of also creepy that many of you might already know of is The True Story of the Three Little Pigs by John Cheska. Um, this one I also loved very, very much. Um, I loved reading this all the time, and mainly my, my love for it was the illustrations, because in the book it shows this, like, triple, quadruple stacked cheeseburger that the wolf likes to eat. But it's got all these different, like, animals in it. So it's got, like, a rabbit. thought that the burger looks so good. <laughs> that I just kept the book around with me all the time. And you kind of became a foodie a little bit. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for, for those who... A little inside work joke here. I made a burger list locating, like, 25 different burgers within the Houston area. And it's got my personal scale on it. So if you would like that... Just let us know, and I'll, I'll give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> it's that's, not all about books now, guys. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to do Instagram posts with pictures. Yes, that's fine. That'll be good. Marissa's munchies. <laughs> yes. So those are my two books. Anybody else? Okay, I will go next, and this is significantly less darker. <laughs> than, actually, this is like a little romance, a little fantasy. Oh, cute. <laughs> Great segue after the slug. <laughs> so the book that I remember the most is The Ordinary Princess by MMK. I just love this book because it's kind of like Sleeping Beauty in that they all get her fairy godmothers give her all these wonderful 
gifts, like wit, charm, health, courage. But of course, there's one fairy godmother that does not get invited. And so, she doesn't get invited, but she still comes to the ball, and she gives the princess the gift of being ordinary. Oh. So because she's ordinary, she is not as beautiful as her sisters. Her sisters all have gorgeous blonde hair, and she's got brown hair and freckles, which as a girl who has brown hair, I was like, oh, I feel for her. But also, she's just not into being a princess. She doesn't want to do tapestry, she doesn't want to do embroidery, yeah. she could care less if she gets married to a king. She's very much a tomboy. Prince. Okay. And I grew up a tomboy. <laughs> yeah. I loved, like, my mom cut my hair because she was like, Bala, if you don't stop playing rough and getting your hair tangled, I will cut it. And I was oh, yeah, like, just cut it. <laughs> like, I could care less. Um, so I was very much a tomboy, so I loved her because she was very much a tomboy. And so, one day, her parents end up deciding that they're going to hire a dragon so that that way a prince could come and save her oh, wow. because she's so, you know, Isn't ordinary. Yeah, yeah, she's so ordinary that, you know, what prince is going to want her? She ends up finding out. She ends up running to the forest where she makes friends with, like, if I'm not mistaken, it's a crow and a squirrel. And she, like, lives off the forest, but then realizes that her clothes is getting shabby, so she has to work. And she's okay with working. So she becomes, let me see, she's the 14th assistant kitchen maid oh. at a neighboring palace. I like this. The 14th. Right. And she meets a guy who is a jack-of-all-trades. And they get along, they build a friendship. There's a little romance there. Yeah, because when I was little, I kind of yeah. liked it. I was like, oh. <laughs> um, Come to find out that Jack of all trades is actually the king. And he is very much like her. He doesn't want to be a king. He doesn't care for that stuff. So, spoiler alert, they get married. Oh, <laughs> and I just, I love this book because I loved her. I love that she was a tomboy. I love that she could care less about all the things that I could care less about. Ooh. So that's my book. Very nice role model there. <laughs> <laughs> I had quite a few, so it was hard to choose from. But I'll just—I guess I'll just start with like the lower level and move up from okay. what I what I've written down. So the first one I wrote down was actually a board book. I remember reading this in pre-K and it was something that was read to us so often they actually memorized it oh. and my grandparents ended up buying it for me years later so I actually have it at home and my grandparents had written in it and it's called The Lady with the Alligator Purse and it kind of has a rhyme to it oh, yeah. and uh, and I so I have it so I can't actually sing the whole thing and I will not do that today <laughs> but if you want it you can probably order it I have to look to see if it's in our system but so are you saying that's a future podcast I don't know if I get the rights to it. I guess I could. I don't know if I have the rights to do Copyright. it. Copyright. It's going to be a hashtag make it happen. <laughs> so I have that one. And then uh, I guess I actually remember reading the next two in school, and so they kind of stand out in my memory. 
I, I know a lot of people don't like the book, but I absolutely love The Giving Tree. That's like one of my oh, all-time favorites, except for the yeah. picture on the back. Oh my gosh, Elle Silverstein was scary looking. <laughs> so there's that. Yeah. Um, so I love The Giving Tree. I just love that the tree loves the boy unconditionally, even yeah. though he's like a selfish little jerk the whole time. Yeah. But she loves him and just continues to give him whatever he needs to, I guess, be successful, yeah. even if he's completely not nice about it. There's also a parody to that I found recently, and I can't remember exactly what I think it's called. The Selfish Tree is yeah, yes. yes. hilarious. I love that book. Uh, so I actually added that one to my personal collection at home, and I don't have children, but I have a bunch of picture books, Same including here. the next one. I actually got the whole set recently. I was at a bookstore in San Marcos, and it's the uh, Laura Numeroff books. But particularly if you give a mouse a cookie. Yeah. Aww. Because that is so my personality. I love <laughs> chocolate chip cookies. It's like my all-time favorite. Yeah. So I guess that just really amused me. I guess it'd have to be followed up closely by the, if you give the moose a muffin. Because the image on the cover cracks me up. Him holding that muffin with his little hooves. <laughs> it's so yeah. ridiculous looking. It's and so the, funny. The other ones are like what? Give a pig, pig, give a, pig a pancake. pancake. If you take the mouse to the movies. Oh. Dog, there's a dog one, and there's a cat one. It's a cat one? What is that? Do you know? I don't I can, know. I can see the image of the dog. Yes, I, I can see cannot. it. I can't do the yeah. title. But really, if you give the mouse a cookie, actually, I have the stuffed animal. I, I have it at home on my bookshelf, because I, I do have some, <laughs> some stuffed animals at home, too. We have a cuter than this slug. I'm sorry. No, it's a mouse in overalls. Come on. Oh, this slug's so gross. Do you still have a slug? I don't. I don't. It's been years, but... The next picture book I really liked, and I, I I also have that, and I always butcher the name. It's The Legend of the Blue Bonnet by Tommy DePaula. I mm. love yeah. I love that book. I love all those books, but that one in particular. I like the illustrations. Yes, the illustrations yeah. are gorgeous, but I guess I'm a native Texan, yeah. and we always did the big February Go Texan stuff in mm. Texas history, and I'm really into Texas history. And so I remember actually reading that as a child mm -hmm. and having to do the crafts with blue bonnets and stuff as a kid. I considered him one of my favorite like artists because his last name has my first name. And I was yes, like, that, <laughs> did that, that did it for me. Do you want to know a fun fact? He appeared on Barney. Really? Oh. Uh -huh. Yes, he actually was an artist and appeared on Barney and I was like, I know who that is. Oh, never all going to look it up. Yes. <laughs> Actually, I didn't even notice that the spelling was the same as your name until just now. Like, right before we sat down, I was like, oh, that's just like PJ's name. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I did catch that. But um, if you've never read it, we, I, we have it here at the library. It's really, really awesome. But it's basically about a drought uh, is threatening a tribe's existence. And a little girl who is an orphan sacrifices uh, her only possession she really has to get the great spirit to bring rain and when the rain comes it blooms these blue bonnets and so that's it's kind of a texas tradition to go take pictures in blue bonnets if you're not in texas that's a thing yeah. in the you don't spring. have a picture of yourself in a field of blue bonnets are you even a texan are you a <laughs> yeah you're a child in texas so that's just a thing you do and you get bitten by ants and everything else yeah. when you do it but yeah. I guess the last book I'll talk about, it's not a really popular one, uh -huh. but I have seen it in our library before. I, I haven't looked recently, but I remember buying this specifically from the Scholastic Book Fair, like the one you actually went yeah. to at the school in the library. It was called Amelia's Notebook, and it's oh. literally a composition notebook, and it's a diary, essentially, of this girl. And it talks about her mom gives her this 
notebook and she starts writing and then she gets really creative and the whole thing it's basically like Diary of a Wimpy Kid but way back in the 90s <laughs> so yeah. she's drawing through it and telling the story it's all written in cursive it looks like somebody's diary that was published yeah well, it's cool. really interesting and then there's I didn't realize until I started working in libraries it's a whole series I only had the first I two books say, we, I think we had the series yeah, we, yeah. at least we did it sometime and that's yeah. why uh, Marissa not us <laughs> um, and it, I, you know, I think that really spurred my love for reading diaries because I've, yeah. I've read a lot of different diary books through the years, and that's what really started it. Mm -hmm. That could be a good alternative to Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Exactly, yeah. that maybe not be so gross because none of it was really gross. Right. I think the most it might have talked about was boogers. You know, like, that was like, <laughs> you know, and it's not a big book; it's very thin. It's okay. a paperback mm -hmm. book, so it's a very thin book. So it's a good start. A lot of illustrations. You know, in the back of those composition notebooks, they always have those conversion charts. Yeah. yeah. She had notes written all through it about, you know, one, I don't know, it was like one ton gross or something, and she made like some snotty comment about it, you know, something really <laughs> funny. And so when I got composition notebooks, I started doing the same thing. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I love, uh, like, all the Dear America books. I think that all came from reading that. Yes, I love mm -hmm. Dear America. Me too. Yeah. Uh, I actually wrote down the one I love the most because I love a lot of them. But the uh, Across the Wide and Lonesome Prairie, the Oregon Trail Diary of Hattie Campbell. I have that one. Yep, I have it's it. somewhere <laughs> in my mom's basement. I've got that one. Surprise. I've got a couple of them. Surprise, Oregon Trail. <laughs> yes, Oregon Trail, which goes right into the history thing. Oh. We play a lot of Oregon Trail. Yes, lots of Oregon Trail here. We even do live action. Well, I became kind of a historical reenactor a little bit in my <laughs> my hobby time, and uh, I kind of bring it in to the library often, <laughs> bring yes. a lot of programs in. So if you ever see her in a, a bonnet, bonnet in a long skirt, mm -hmm. that's, that's her reenactment. It, it's, not, it's not my everyday wardrobe, <laughs> no. it's just, you really? know, I don't ask for that. you being normal. <laughs> okay. So I read a lot as a child. I used to split my time between the Octavia Fields Library and the Harris County Bookmobile actually stopped on the end of my street because there was a shopping center on the end of our street. So I could actually walk to the Bookmobile when it came. So I read a lot, but the one book that really, really, really stands out that I really was like my first book that I fangirled about was Corduroy by Don Freeman. Aww. And I don't remember when I read it. I was probably, my mom probably read it to me because she would read to me a lot. She even made audiobooks for me. She would read books onto tape and whenever we would like when she needed some time to actually clean house or something she would play them so <laughs> while we were playing or do something we had books on tape and stuff. But yeah I love that book so much that when I was a kid we were in Old Dumble and there was a store there called Whackers and it was there's actually a family and that was their last name and there was this huge chain. Really? Yeah it was actually a chain of stores. It was Old Dumble right where um, I think on First Street and I went in there, and the story is about this girl who finds this little um, teddy bear, and he's missing a button, but she falls in love with him anyway, oh. and brings him home, and then there's a whole adventure involved. It's a little picture book, but it's really adorable. And so we were at Whackers, and I found this little bear, and I don't know why I was convinced he was corduroy, but I bought him. And even though he's a panda and Corduroy's not a panda, <laughs> I made little clothes for him and I made a little bed and I made all kinds of little stuff for him, for my Corduroy. And I still have him today. I still have oh. my Corduroy. That's the one thing. I was like, one thing for my childhood I wanted to keep was my Corduroy. But we never actually owned a copy, which is funny because I owned a lot of books. 
So when I got to be uh, an adult or teenager, I saw it at a store, I'm like, I want to buy it. And I got it home, and I never realized that the protagonist is, um, is African American. And so I saw that and I was like, oh my goodness, this is really revolutionary for a book that I think is published in 1968 uh -huh. by Don Freeman, by the way, Corduroy by Don Freeman. And so I was really like, oh my goodness, I just, you know, I connected with this little girl and never noticed this, never. So I was like, started researching about Don Freeman and he's a really amazing guy. He was a jazz musician in New York and he was also an artist and he lived this wonderful bohemian life, published Corduroy, he has other books that he's published. He did a lot of illustrations for jazz albums, so it was uh, it was it's still my favorite book, and I actually bought an official corduroy. I still have my official corduroy and my real corduroy. Do you know when it? You said nineteen. I think sixty-eight. Oh man, so it's a it's one of those like anniversary books that they yeah. come out with all the time. Yeah, very so, very much a classic. So yeah, it's been yeah a few years ago they did a fortieth anniversary yeah. edition, Ooh. and so it's been around for a long oh, time. Yeah. So, I, but I was really shocked. I was like, "Wow!" It'd be interesting to see if he, because '68 was such a, such a year yes. in American history. You had the Civil Rights Movement, you know. So it'd be interesting to see if you know that played into his decision. Well, I think it was a very conscious decision because I went and looked up a bunch of information about him. I actually ended up writing a paper about him, um, you know, when I was in grad school for library science. I we had. To, do a children's literature paper, and I was like, I'm going to write about Corey Don Freeman. And it was a very conscious choice, because he grew, you know, he lived in New York, he lived in a multicultural city, and I think he made that choice. And I think it was, at the time, somewhat of a controversial choice with publishers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it ended up getting published, and I think, I can't remember if Snowy Day is around that time, too, or if it's a little later. Uh -huh. But yeah, it was one of those things, I was like, well, this is actually pretty revolutionary for that time, yeah, to have, you know, and she was a wonderful female protagonist, and I was like, yes, diverse books, back in, back in the day. Yes. The more you talk about it, I think I actually had a version of that that was a pop-up book, like you could mm -hmm. pull the tabs and stuff. Once it started taking off, then he wrote some few others, and then now people are writing books posthumously under the Corduroy series, but the, my favorite one is always the first the original. one. The original. Do you have to add one more? Because as we were talking, this one came to mind. <laughs> I don't have a printout to remind me of the author's name. I think it's Murillo, but it's Fernand. Yes. Oh, yes. I love any... I think for me, I always gravitate towards the books where there's the outsider, mm -hmm. much like the ordinary princess. She's not mm -hmm. what you would expect her to be. Bernie and the Bull is not what you'd expect a bull to be. I just oh. loved it. I remember thinking, like, I want a pet bull. <laughs> My mom was like, no, that's not a good idea. But I was like, Bernie so, like, sweet. So for a while, I wanted a pet bull. Now, as an adult, not so much. Yes. Yeah. A lot of upkeep there. <laughs> yeah. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Yeah, but then you good. became a longhorn. Oh, I yeah. did. Connections. There we go, Fernand. It's yes. crazy how all of our childhood, stuff did, from our childhood comes back. <laughs> I did want to ask, though. Oh. Darla had mentioned that she had made clothes and made a bed for her corduroy. Yeah. Did you ever do that for your slug? Oh, you bet. That wraps up our childhood favorites discussion. I hope you guys really enjoyed it. Again, I'm Marissa. PJ. Kimberly. Darla. Thank you so much and have a good day. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Atascacita Library Advanced Copy.
Don't forget to register to vote. Registration for this upcoming election is required to be postmarked by October 5th. If you need a voter's registration card, please stop by the library, go to our curbside service, and when you call, request a voter's registration card. You can check out harrisvotes.com. Be sure to select the slider on whether you are looking for early voting locations or election day locations. Those locations do change. Again, that's harrisvotes.com. Early election locations and election day location information can be found there. While it may not feel like it in Houston, Texas, we are only a few days from it being officially fall. And that means it's time to do a little more fall decor. Our Crafts to Go kits have been very popular. Well, we have another one starting on Monday, September 28th. This kit includes instructions and supplies to make a fall-themed book page banner. The project is intended for adults. Kits are limited, so visit during our curbside hour starting September 28th for your Crafts to Go kit. You've been listening to Atascacita Advanced Copy. Music Storybook by ScottHolmesMusic.com Podcast supported by a grant from Best Buy through the Friends of Atascacita Branch Library. Visit fall.ws to learn more about this 501c3 volunteer organization.